Well, we're going to um, stay in this theme tonight of being led by the Spirit. We kind of, like Mike and Christy, kicked it off a few Sundays ago just with their sermon and, uh, and just the vision of this church that our vision is to follow the Lord. Mike said a, a great phrase last Sunday. He goes, our vision isn't to be better leaders. It's to be better followers of Jesus. <laughs> if we're better followers of Jesus... We will be great leaders. But if we focus on leadership and not focus on following, then something gets off, right? So our vision is to be excellent followers of Jesus. And I love that. I just, I so appreciate that. I said that last week, but I'm so grateful for a vision of a church. It was like, we don't have an agenda. We let the Lord set the agenda and then we pursue what he's telling us to pursue by his spirit. It's so beautiful. It's the key to fruitfulness. It's abiding in the vine and letting the life of that vine flow into us, his branches. So um, so Tracy's going to go first. He's just going to share some thoughts and some things on his heart on being led by the spirit. There are many facets to this. This is a big subject, even in the word of God. So we're just scratching the surface. Don't think Last week and this week, everything you hear is, is the full definition of being led by the Spirit. But um, it's the intro to being led by the Spirit. It's the, you get your toe in the water, but you want to take that deep dive. You want to jump in and have your own revelation and testimonies of being led by the Spirit. So can we just pray and ask for the Lord to lead us by Spirit? Is that good? <laughs> oh, yes. Lord, we just thank you that you are our leader. Jesus, we thank you that you said, I will send the helper. I will send the comforter. I will send the counselor. And he's going to speak to you. He's going to take things that I'm going to tell him and he's going to tell them directly to you. Jesus, we thank you that though you departed, you live within us. You were always present with us by your Holy Spirit. And just like John was led in those three years of discipleship, just as Peter was led in discipleship, we too are led by Jesus through the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the courage we, that gives us. We thank you for the comfort that that gives us. Right now, open our eyes and raise our vision. Give us greater faith for what you want to do through us, with us, alongside us, us alongside you, following, being at your feet. Lord, increase our faith tonight. And where we have counted ourselves out or sold ourselves short, Lord, give us that, uh, that counsel and that filling of hope again that, Lord, here I am. I'm saying use me in the earth and you can use everyone in this room for your glory and for your name in great ways. Increase our faith tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Wow. Amen. I love that saying, by the way. Some of the greatest leaders are even better followers. That's awesome. Um, so true. Um, it's, it's been an interesting season for me. Um, so I, once COVID hit, some of you know, that I, um, we have a tech company that we're building. And I guess it's... Um, 
as uh, COVID hit last year, we kind of exploded with growth, which created even a busier path that I was running on. <laughs> and um, how many of you know that sometimes busyness can be the most deceptive tool of the enemy to keep us in this lane? So, yeah, everyone's raising their hand and amazing. And those of you online, welcome, by the way. Um, yeah, it's very deceptive because you can get lost pretty quickly if you're not intentional. So I've had to really, really be intentional in this season um, with my time with the Lord. And even in the midst of being busy, right, and running and doing all the things we, we all do day in and day out, um, it, you have, we have to be intentional to stay in the spirit of God. Because we can't, we can't stay in the spirit, then, then we're, we can't be led by the spirit. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's one portion of the, you know, this is where I've been for like the last year or so since COVID hit and just kind of accelerating through this and so much revelation. But, and, and now as Mike um, and uh, Marcus and myself and many others have now started down this path, okay, what else would prohibit us from being led by the spirit? And it kind of fell into this, this, this fear, right? When we're, when we're under that spirit of fear, it's really tough to be led by the Spirit. I love how Romans 8.14 puts it. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. But I love the, the, that's the, that's the New King James. But the message version says this, and this is where it, it, the rubber meets the road. God's Spirit beckons. There are things to do and places to go. Come on. That, what that sounds like, guys, that sounds like there's a lot of work to do and the time is short. So we don't have time to waste, so we have to be super efficient about how we're going to operate right now in this season. How are we going to operate and be led by the Lord because there's a lot of work to do. When we're led by the Lord, we're a lot more efficient than we are when we're not led by the Lord. I do know that. So with this thing of fear, though, th this is... You know, business is one thing that I've been walking through, but there's this fear piece too, and it talks about it in Galatians. If you want to go to Galatians 5, if you want to follow along, you don't necessarily need to. I'm going to read a few scripture and some other things here. But right off the bat, and Mike has shared this, Mike and Christy did, and it's the Passion Translation, which I think is, is um, you know, once again, it's not a direct translation, just FYI, but but I feel like it gives, sometimes gives scripture language that allows us in our own small compartmentalized mind to be able to kind of see what God is speaking um, in, a, in a revelatory way. It says, let me be clear. <laughs> Anytime God says, let me be clear, you should, hopefully we're listening. <laughs> I know I am. I'm all yours. The anointed one has set you free. Let me put my own emphasis, a little bit of my own emphasis on that. The anointed one, Christ, and anointed in the Greek is what? The smeared one. <laughs> so I, I love, I love that, that, that translation. Um, but not partially, so he's free, but not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. We must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. Wow. When we're led by the Lord, that means that we're in the spirit. And when we're in the spirit, where is the spirit? When we're in the spirit, where the spirit is, where, what is there? Freedom. There's a freedom that comes with that. 
Let me jump forward a few verses into 13 through 25. I'm not going to read all the verses for, for time's sake, but 13 through 25 is kind of, it um, brings us to light and gives it some context. It's this, this session, this is a NIV version, but um, it's headed life by the spirit. <laughs> I almost want to say led by the spirit there. It says life by the spirit. Um, I would think of life in the spirit, but life by the spirit. Think about that. It's a little different. Um, but you, starting in, in verse 13, you, my brothers and sisters, are called to be free. What are we called to be? Free, right? But do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Verse 16, jumping forward a little bit. So I say, walk by the Spirit. Let me add my emphasis there. Be led by the Spirit. (laughs) And you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. Verse 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. What does the word say about the law? The letter, the ink, the letter is death and the Spirit is life. So when we're led by the Spirit, we actually have moved from being led by the law to being led by the Spirit. We're no no longer under the old covenant, but we're in the new covenant. Verse 22, coming forward a few more, talks about the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, which Mike, I think on Sunday or the Sunday before, was talking about self-control is kind of a bad because we're not in control of ourselves if we're led by the Spirit. But once again, against such things there is no law. Against these things, going back to verse 18 and tying that with 22, against such things there is no law. Again, the fruits of the Spirit in freedom being led by the Spirit, releases us from the law. It's now, as the Word says, tattooed on our heart, right? Or in our mind. And it goes on in verse 25 to say this, since we live by the Spirit, since we're led by the Spirit, in other words, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Wow, that that's pretty poignant, like in keeping in step. Think about Think, it took me back to Proverbs 16.9 where the Proverbs 16.9 says, The ways and the dreams of a man are demise in his heart, but the Lord what? Directs our footsteps. It's a litmus test. Do we trust the Lord and do we yield to the Lord, allowing him to, take our foot, allowing him to, to lead us in our, in our footsteps? Not getting ahead, but also not lagging behind. But as this verse says, keeping in step with the Lord. Wow, that's like a cadence. You ever watch like soldiers or uh, people like a marching band or, man, they're all in cadence. They're all in step. And they're all what? In unity in those moments, right? It should all look like one step. When they all step, one steps, all of them step. Let me recap. When we're not free, we're not, when when we're not free, I'm sorry, we're operating in the spirit of fear. How do we break fear? perfect love. And the Spirit enters in when we are free. When we are free, we can operate in faith. And by faith, we can be led by the Spirit, which brings complete freedom because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen? Um, 
I was going to hit a couple other scriptures maybe in, in Psalms, but I think I'll do, um, I think I'll share. You guys mind if I share a couple of testimonies? Um, I want to, because I want to give one where, um, where I was operating in a season where I was in fear, walking in fear, um, and then another where I wasn't, and the result of both. Very, very similar spirits in operation in a, in a couple of different ministry moments. So around 2014, 2015, uh, I was helping transition our church where we were pastoring. So uh, senior pastor moved on. I was there. And at the same time, I was trying to turn a company around. And there was all this pressure. Everyone, anyone ever feel like the weight of the world's on their shoulders? <laughs> it was one of those seasons. And I've never had this happen before. And it hasn't never happened since. And I, I've shared, I think I shared this a little bit last year when we were on a Wednesday night. I was in this season where um, I was ridden with fear. Um, I would literally wake up. I couldn't sleep. I would wake up and instantly it just, man, it was, uh, it was profound. This happened for about two or three months. Nikki was usually up, uh, wife, and, um, she was downstairs. She would always watch Andrew Womack <laughs> and I would go down early in the morning and I, I go down and she'd have her tea and her, and her, and her muffins or whatever, but I would go down and I would just curl up on the couch. I was still tired. I just couldn't sleep because I was absolutely ridden in fear. And I would curl up in a fetal ball on the couch next to Nikki. And I would just sit there in fear and she would pray for me. She would cast things out. I'd be okay. I mean, this went on for a couple, a couple of months. In this same season, I met a friend of mine at a subway up in Denver, right off of Colorado Boulevard. It's right across that place called the Castle, um, the Wizard's Castle, I think. It's, it's, a, it's quite the interesting place. If you ever go up Colorado Boulevard, you'll see it uh, up on your left as you go north off of I-25. But it's kind of like Ouija board-ish, like, you know, witchcraft. You know, it's got a little of everything. It's called the, the Wizard's Castle. It's kind of a magician's haven, but it's just pretty large place and it looks like a castle but the subway's across from there I met a friend there and I watched a young lady walk out of the store and walk right into the subway where we were eating she sat behind us and once again I'm not necessarily being led by the Lord because I'm operating in what <laughs> which wasn't a good place to be but I but I remember her coming in and sitting at the table across from us and she started talking to herself and I knew it was a spirit of witchcraft and I looked at her, and, uh, and I'm like, man, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do here? And I walked up. And now this is the failure, by the way. There's, there's two different versions here. I'm going to share a failure. I should have prefaced this, all of this. I'm going to share a failure, and then I'm going to share a, a, a victory. Because <laughs> it's, it's not all peachy and all, not all uh, plums and roses out there. But, um, but I remember looking at her, and I was asking the Lord, and because I was in the season, it was really tough to hear the Spirit of the Lord. Like, normally I would get a word I, uh, of knowledge of some sort, and I would, I just was, man, it was blank. But I went in anyway, kind of arms flailing, right? I was just like, I didn't know where I was going. I just knew I, I, I couldn't stand to sit there and watch her operate in the Spirit. She was having this conversation with herself at the table next to us. I went over, and sure enough, I, I just started in, and she manifested immediately. And then she proceeded to go berserk. <laughs> I tried to minister into it, and it didn't work out so well for me. <laughs> she picked up her soda bottle. She threw it at the window. They had to call the police to come pick her up, literally, in this place. And she absolutely went, went postal in, in the subway. 
Um, I had no, I felt so helpless in that moment. I just remember, I, I, re, I refer back to that, that testimony, not to glorify the season I was in or to wear it as a badge or any of those things. But I think there's times and seasons and situation and circumstance that allow us to learn so that we know how we shouldn't, what we shouldn't be operating in. Does that make sense? I always say I learned way more from doing it wrong than I ever learned from doing it right. And this was one of those seasons. So that was my failure. That was my failure. Very similar situation a couple years earlier. Up at Civic Center Park, we're up ministering. I walk up. There's five, four guys actually and one, and one gal, one girl. And they're, they have a Ouija board in the middle of them. Same spirit of operation, witchcraft. And they're all um, around this, this like Ouija board, and they have tarot cards out, and they're doing all sorts of different things. And, um, and I walk up, and I understand what's going on, and just made conversation. One of the guys was kind of the front runner of the group, and he was the one that was speaking the most. And so him and I had a little conversation, and I felt like in this moment, um, I didn't challenge him. I, I, I actually stepped boldly into to what God had for me, to that throne of grace that God talks about. Um, and he kind of challenged me. I felt like I was Elijah on the mountaintop that my God will answer by fire. And I'm like, I'm praying, I'm looking, I'm like, God, you better show up. And you better answer by fire. This is just one of those places I stepped out completely. I felt naked, I felt vulnerable, but it was like one of those moments where like, my God's gonna show up and he's gonna answer by fire. Um, and then I asked if I could pray for him. And he was like reluctant. He was all of these things. He was challenging me, all of these things. Once again, I didn't, I just loved on him. But I remember this, I prayed for him and I laid a hand on his head and he, 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 he instantly fell back on his back and started flopping kind of <laughs> up and down and started to manifest. There was some deliverance that took place and then he went completely, he passed out completely. He, he was completely motionless. And the three other guys and the, gal, and the girl that were there, they, they were like trying to play. They go, did you kill him? <laughs> they thought he was dead. And, I, and I'm like, no, 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 no. I go, he just got touched by the Jesus I just told you about that loves you guys as well as him. So here he, he's out like a light and they're trying to see if he's got a pulse. This is one of the guys comes up and wants to check his pulse. And he comes down and he puts like his hand like on his neck right here. And instantly he falls out right next to him and he's out. And he started to manifest too. There was some deliverance that took place. And then I, I looked at the other two guys and the other girl and I said, would you guys like to know the Jesus that just showed up? And they went up, and they weren't having it. They went up, and they touched them. And it's immediately when they, I wasn't even putting in a hand on any of these folks. It was God doing all of the work. And they touched them, and sure enough, they got touched. And it wasn't me. And it, the beauty of this is, is, is me not me saying, hey, look how great I am or they are or whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm glorifying Jesus in this. But I was being led. I was in a season where I, I was not walking in fear. I was walking in complete and total boldness. Like I said, it was just reminding me of that, that, that moment uh, of Elijah saying, my God's the one that's going to answer by fire. And I stepped out in boldness, and I was led by the Lord. And as I had a word, even for the first, first gentleman that, 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 that fell out, that got touched by the Lord. But, but all this to say he came to, this all took place over the span of about 20 minutes. 
he came to and he started to explain to me about what he had just, he had not been churched. He had never read the Bible. He never touched. He was an adamant atheist. And he starts to reiterate to me what just happened when he was on the ground and that he was completely passed out. To a T, almost some of the scripture being word for word, reading from Revelation in the throne room where the sea, the, the floor was like glass. He started to explain all of it. He said, this is what happened to me. I don't know what just took place, but here's what I saw. And he had an odd body experience. He went up to the third heaven, and he was actually in the He started to explain exactly what is talked about in Revelation in the throne room. He said, then I saw all these people, and they were throwing something at the feet of the and he didn't have any of the language at this point. He was, he was, they were throwing the crowns. He's like, they are throwing this stuff at the feet. And there was this big, like, throne, and there was this chair. He said there were three chairs, actually, and he was starting to explain all this. But anyway, all this to say that, that this came, you know, once again, I gave you a failure. Now I'm showing you, trying to, to, to release a victory now uh, in a testimony. But once again, two radically different seasons for me two radically, radically different seasons. One where I've, I was in a spirit of fear that I've never experienced before and never experienced since. And then in a season two years earlier where I was walking in complete freedom, being completely led by the Lord, having boldness, um, the bold, just an absolute boldness that is, and this was in a season where I was dreaming. I think I've shared some of this as well, but just dreams and other things that were, um, it was a very, very awesome season, put it that way. Um, I'll leave it at that. But all this to say, um, I'm not sure where to go from here. Um, what I would like to do, I did see this. I'd like to share this real quick, and I know I'm running out of time. Um, we were in the back room, Mike, we were praying, and we were just worshiping in the back. And I don't know if this is any of you, and maybe it's someone, I felt like it's for someone possibly online. I had a vision of a husband and wife or um, female, male, they were sitting like at a kitchen table or like at a, um, like a um, island in the kitchen. And they were um, looking at their computer and they were like a check, like a checkbook. I, I feel like they were balancing and there was something going on in their financial situation that was, and they, they're, they're not walking in freedom. I guess I'll, I'll leave it at that. So I just, I want to speak into that. Is that okay? And I don't know if this is any of you. I mean, I know it's a vulnerable moment to even raise your hand if this is you. But, um, but I feel like if it's, if it's someone online, and it could be a similar situation. We could be walking, and it might not be finances. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's uh, health. Maybe it's a loved one or a family member that's sick or whatever it may be, and you're not walking in that freedom that God has for you that allows us to be led by the Lord in a, uh, in a great measure. So, Lord, I do. I just speak into that right now. God, I, I uh, declare and proclaim freedom right now for your children, Lord. God, I break off right now that spirit of poverty, God, that spirit and mindset, Lord, that there won't be enough. That, God, you are a God of abundance and that you're a God that pours out. That you're a God that desires good gifts for his children. God, I declare and proclaim that right now. God, I, I just break off the spirit of fear, Lord, 
God, that's prohibiting your children, Lord, from walking, God, in what you've called them to walk in, to walk in the power, to walk in the power and the authority that you've called them to, Lord. I thank you that your eyes are roaming to and fro throughout the earth, and you're settling on those that are free and those that are being led, God, by you. They hear the shepherd's voice. Lord, I thank you right now. God, that, that I just break that off wherever they sit right now, Lord, whether they're in here physically in the sanctuary, Lord, or they're online or they're watching it later, Lord. I break off right now any fear, Lord, that's come to settle. God, I break off every assignment of the enemy to come. God, to rob, steal, and pillage from your children. God, we just proclaim it right now. We proclaim love, Lord. Perfect love cast out all fear, Lord. So right now, I just pray for a baptism of love, Lord, over your children, Lord, over your, your, your called ones, over your chosen ones right now, over those that have, that have given everything, God, and paid a price. God, they, they weighed the cost, and they decided you, Lord, even though you paid the ultimate cost or the, the ultimate debt, Lord. So I thank you, God, that you're moving in their lives right now, God, that you're moving in their situation right now, Lord. I thank you, God, the spirit of breakthrough would come right now in the mighty, loving name, in the breakthrough name of Jesus, in the fearless name, in the love-filled name of Jesus. Amen. I love when Tracy ends a prayer because I love that, like, in the fearless name of Jesus, in the love-filled name of Jesus. I'm always like, oh, what's he going to say? I love that. <laughs> Um, so good. Fear keeps us from being led by the Spirit. And it's that battle. It's that wrestle that, that are you going to respond to fear or are you going to respond to the voice of the Lord? Um, Mike and I were saying, I want, you to encourage, I want to encourage you to read the email that Mike sent out, our midweek email, because he speaks to this. And he might say some words here at the end to that. Um, but I was just wondering, I got curious. It'd be fun to do a, a specific search, word search on fear and see what we're called not to be afraid of. I mean, I was thinking of different times in the, in the Gospels where Jesus is like, do not be afraid. And they're on a boat and the waves are like they're thinking they're going to die, you know. And then the leper comes up and do not be afraid of this sickness and this disease. And then how Paul talks about it a few times um, where you could equate like do not be afraid of condemnation. Do not be afraid of, of the spirit of death in, in Hebrews. Do not be afraid. It'd just be fun to, to see what we're called not to be afraid of. And how we're supposed to respond by being led by the Spirit. So that's just a, that's something I'm going to do later if I have time. <laughs> I want to, I want to switch um, the theme just real quick. And, and then I want to get us into our groups just so we can pray together and, and talk about these things. Um, there's, there's a, a call to be led by the Spirit to where we hear the Lord's voice for like uh, ministry and like leadings at a gas station or leadings at, at, a, at a, um, a restaurant like Tracy was saying like oh I'm, I'm supposed to 
step in and minister here. I'm supposed to respond and either pray for the sick or, or preach the gospel. And then there's also, there's another side of being led by the Spirit in that we are called to, by the Spirit, put to death the deeds of the flesh. By the Spirit, we're, we're led into a greater uh, walk of holiness and a greater freedom from um, the spirit of the world, the spirit of the age, or the deeds of the flesh. So we're going to go back to, to Romans, and we're going to pick it up in, oh, it's just so hard to start anywhere in Romans 8 and not like go back and start further and further because the whole chapter is just, just glorious, and it, it actually builds uh, on itself. But let's go to verse... It says this, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Now, when Paul says set the mind, he kind of establishes that in Romans 7, and he talks about the inner desires or the inner delights of a person. So it's mind but it's also what you're setting. It's like your mental capacity, set your mind on the spirit. But it's also set your affection on the spirit, set your delight on the spirit. He says in Romans 7, he goes, In my inner man, I delight in the law of God. But in my flesh, I'm having a hard time working out that delight into my flesh and into obedience. And then he, he talks about how that's going to happen. How are you going to get that inner delight of God to be manifested in obedience? And he says, it's only going to be by the Spirit of God. And by setting your mind on the Spirit, setting your affections on the Spirit, setting your delight on the Spirit. And so he says in verse 6, for to set the mind or your, your, your affection, the things you're, you're, you're desiring to do, to set those on the flesh is going to lead to death. But if you set it on the Spirit, it's going to lead to you experiencing the life of the Spirit and the peace of the Holy Spirit. And that peace isn't just an external peace. That peace is a peace with God the Father. That you stand before Him and... Anyway, we won't go in there. Verse 7. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile toward God. How many of you read that and you're like, I don't want that. <laughs> But we experience that sometimes. We experience seasons or, or just we, we, we slip up. We kind of fall down the, the hill a little bit. And we, we, set our, we go through a season of we're, we're setting our, our minds, our affections on things of the flesh. And we start to be hostile toward the will of God. I've experienced this as a believer. How many of you guys have experienced this as a believer? Not like I'm not outright like mad at God. I'm not outright saying I will never obey you. But I'm just like. My heart isn't tender. My heart isn't, isn't um, it's starting to get hard a little bit to the leading of the Lord. He says, if you have a season, of, if you set your mind on the flesh, you're going to be hostile toward God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Verse 8, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So right there, we're like, okay, let's not remain in the flesh. Let's not be in the flesh. We want to please God. We don't want to be hostile to him. Verse 9. You, however, 
Everyone say, praise God. Are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. If you're a believer in this room, say, the Spirit of God dwells in me. And I am not in the flesh. I am in the Spirit. Isn't that beautiful? So we are in the Spirit. We have access to all the things of the Spirit. It says, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But here's the deal. If you do have the Spirit of Christ, you belong to Jesus. You belong to God. I mean, just do a search, a word search, in the New Testament on belonging to Jesus. You'll be blown away at what you have access to. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6 that, that we're a temple for the Holy Spirit. We are not our own. And then he says, because you're a temple and because you've been purchased by a precious price, he gives a command and he says, now glorify God in your body. Glorify God by the things that you do. So you not being your own, you being Jesus, you actually have power to bring glory to God in the earth through your deeds. Isn't that wonderful? That is the vision of my life. I want to bring glory to God. And then in another verse, he goes, you belong to Christ, so don't go back to being slaves of pleasing men. He's like, you're, you're actually a bondservant of Jesus now. You're serving him. Don't just try to please man. Please God. Anyway, there's, there's a list of about five, six, seven scriptures in the New Testament about the truths of belonging to God. But we're not to our point. Verse 10 in Romans 8. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Now that life in our mortal bodies, is to overcome the desires, the lusts of the flesh, the, passion, the passions of the flesh. It's also for healing. It's also for deliverance. God lives inside of you. And everything that is his, he wants to manifest in you. That is just, blows my mind. The privilege we're giving. The, the privilege of being righteous before God and all the promises that are ours because the Spirit of Christ dwells in us. Goes on, verse 12. This is kind of my point. So then, brothers, we are not debtors to the flesh, meaning you don't owe the flesh anything anymore. It's what Tracy was saying. We've been set free, and we no longer return to the yoke of anything of our past or of the flesh we're set free we're not debtors to the flesh to live according to the flesh and then verse 13 he says for if you live according to the flesh you will die but if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the flesh you will live and then verse 14 he says for so he's connecting that right there for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And I've been thinking about this, that part of our being led by the Spirit is to 
by the power, by the ability, by the grace of the Holy Spirit, is to go to war with our flesh. Paul talks about it as a war. He talks about it as a battle. Peter talks about it as a war and a battle. I, I have some of those verses somewhere, but, but he says, but you will win this war of putting to death the deeds of the flesh if you partner with the strength of the Holy Spirit, if you partner with the ability of the Holy Spirit. Tracy had, he was in Galatians 5. This is the list, or one of the lists in the New Testament, of the works of the flesh, what we're at war against. So it says we're at war against sexual immorality. By the Holy Spirit, we have power to put to death sexual immorality and the desire for sexual immorality. Guys, this needs to be preached to men, to women. By the Spirit, you can put to death the temptation for heterosexual sin or homosexual sin. It's all sexual sin, and you can put it to death by the Spirit. By the Spirit, you can put to death impurity and sensuality. By the Spirit, this is verse uh, 20 of Galatians 5, you can put to death idolatry. By the Spirit, you can put to death anything that is, re- that is drawing your attention away from the Lord, anything that you're putting above the Lord. Paul says, the Word of God says, by the Spirit, you can bring those mountains low. You can crush those idols. Now, just think in your life, anything that you just have that quick conviction about, what am I putting before the Lord right now? By the Spirit, you can put that to death and change that. Now, it's us. We have to do some, like, partnering with the Holy Spirit. He's not just going to magically take it away if you're not desiring it. But if you're talking to him about this, uh, this is not okay with me. This is not right with me. Holy Spirit, help me to put this idol, help me to crush it. You know, if it was like a literal idol, help me to crush it into powder. He's like, I can do that. I want to do that. He goes on, by the Spirit, Tracy had two good examples of this, you can put to death sorcery. So anyway, strife, jealousy, fits of anger. Any men in here who had a fit of anger before? By the Spirit, you can put that to death. Any women in here who've had a fit of anger? The Holy Spirit says, that is not me. Anyway, let me go back to, let's just finish that. Verse 12 again. So then, brothers, we are not debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. Verse 13, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Now, I believe there that dying is That's that ultimate death. If you choose to live by your flesh over and over again and you embrace these things, the end of that will be the second death, will be hell, will be separation from God. The flesh leads to separation from God. But guys, as believers, we don't want any separation from the Lord. We don't want a hint of sin. We don't want a hint. You get what I'm saying? For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. And then it goes on in verse 15. 
For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. That's such a big subject, and Tracy hit on a little bit of it. Mike hit it on it in his email. But this is glorious, and we'll stop here. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. I was thinking of the progression of this in my own life. How when I first came into the kingdom, sin had victory over me in a lot of ways. My flesh had victory over me in a lot of ways. Um, in ministry, I, I was fearful in a lot of ways. But I began to hold to this truth. I have been filled with the spirit of adoption. I've been filled with the spirit that I can put the deeds of the flesh to death. I've been filled with the spirit. And in that faith, I just begin to cry out, Abba, Father, Father, would you give me wisdom where I'm lacking wisdom? 20-year-olds need to pray that over and over and over again. But also 50-year-olds and 40-year-olds need to pray that over. Father, I'm fearful here. Would you fill me with courage? Father, I'm, I'm, I'm slipping into sin here. Fill me with strength to overcome this. And you're doing that by the Holy Spirit because it's a spirit that is inside of you giving you access to the Father to cry out, Abba, Father. But guys, we cry out to our Father over and over and over and over again. And it never stops. But He is our Father. He didn't want slaves. He didn't want just people to be robots and obey Him and just da-da-da-da. He could have done that as God. He wanted sons that would look to Him. He wanted daughters that would look to Him and say, Father. And you would have that place of communion with the Father. And he was like, I will show you how to be a son. I will fill you with grace. I will fill you with glory. You'll bring glory to the earth through your life, through crying out, Abba, Father. So, so we are led by the Spirit. We reject fear. We're led directly. We're led in ministry situations, but we're also led to put to death the deeds of the flesh and walk in holiness. Amen? All right. Well, We'll break up into groups unless you want to add anything. We'll break up into groups or <laughs> add one more thing. Yep. Oh, that's great. You, you touched on something that I... Well, yeah, I was going to... I felt it as I was preparing the message on Sunday. I, I felt this. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> You're all a blur. <laughs> um, yeah, I felt this on Sunday, and I didn't share it on Sunday, and then Marcus just hit on it. But this, this thing with sexual immorality, um, I just feel like it just needs to be addressed. I, thank you for just addressing it. Um, so I'm just going to hit it again just quickly, and I, I feel like it's so important that we understand how, <laughs> how important it is. It's so important that we understand how important it is. You got that? <laughs> um, just listen to this, 1 Corinthians 6. Uh, actually, um, let, me, let me do a little progression here. Hebrews 8, it just, the, God says this. He goes, the time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, with the house of Judah. 
And it won't be like the covenant that I made with your forefathers when I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt because they did not remain faithful to my covenant. I turned away from them, declares the Lord. This is a covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. And after a time, declares the Lord, I will put my laws in their mind and I will write them on their heart. What he's saying is I will put my spirit in you. It says I will be their God and they will be my people. I will no longer... No longer will a man teach his neighbor or a man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, because they will all know me. The point is, is that when the Holy Spirit resides on the inside of us, it's not so much like the knowledge of him doesn't come from teachers as much as it comes from the Holy Spirit. In First John, it talks about it. It says that you don't need any other teachers. Now, I'll caveat that with we do need mothers and fathers, and Paul talks about that as well. So sometimes we can take things out of context and be like, ah, I don't need anybody to teach me. I'm on my own. I'm going to do my own thing. No, we need to humble ourselves. We need to submit as sons, uh, just as Jesus submitted as a son, and, and as Peter says, that we are to be submissive as sons, and then all of us to be humble, to clothe ourselves with humility. Uh, that That in that, though, um, realizing that it's the Holy Spirit that actually leads us. There's, there's, there's fathers. I have spiritual fathers. I was just on the phone with Leif Hetland today, and and he's just he's a spiritual father to me. And what an amazing man! And, and I, you know, I get to go to Pakistan with him in a month, and we're just we're praying into this. And 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 I'm, I was just telling him like I'm so honored to go with him as a father, and I'm stepping in as a son. To come under him. I've never been to Pakistan. He's been there for 20 years. He's 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 has all the uh, these amazing relationships that, that he's established as a father. I have nothing. All I'm doing is submitting as a son and com- coming under like the sonship of him, but stepping into the very authority and the things that he has as a father that he's established for 18 years. I get instantly. It's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. When it says the Holy Spirit, he gives the Holy Spirit to us. He actually puts the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. That The very things that Jesus had, it talks about it in John, that he actually, he says, what's mine I now give to you. So what he fought for, what he established, what he set in place, we have instantly. It's powerful that we actually have this Holy Spirit. I didn't have to work for it. I didn't have to do all this stuff. Jesus did all the work. In the same way, I just I was looking at it today. Like, Leif has done all the work. I'm going to step in, and it looks like we're going to have an opportunity to meet with the prime minister of Pakistan, Leif and I. Not because of me. <laughs> Not because of, like, hey, Leif, now that I get to go with you, we get to meet with the prime minister who's like, you know, this is the top guy in, uh, in Pakistan. It's, there's the president and the prime minister. The prime minister is actually the guy that leads Pakistan. Um, we get to go, and I get to step into a position and meet with these key leaders, with the grand imam, uh, who was the one who gave us our, our passport in three days and opened up the consulate on a Sunday to get us approved, which has never happened that we know of. <laughs> um, these things of favor that I, I, I want you to see, like, I did nothing. I've never been to Pakistan. I don't know anyone. I mean, I know a few people from Pakistan uh, that have come here uh, because of Leif. But I, I have no history in this. I have no... There's nothing that I bring to the table other than sonship. 
and I get to step in because of a father who has prepared these things. I get to step in and actually, like, minister and do all these amazing things, meet these, meet these amazing people. We are going to meet with a thousand pastors and, and, and speak to them and just get to encourage them and strengthen them in the things of the Lord. Um, this is, I feel like this is, we have to realize that the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, it's not something we have to now strive to get into the same position that Jesus was on earth. We actually have it. We get, to, we get to step right into what Jesus operated in on this earth. But it does require one simple thing. Death. <laughs> we get to die to ourselves completely. <laughs> and it's in the death, it's in laying our life down, that we actually pick up his life and begin to walk in the fullness of his life. So, that was not where I was going to go. This is what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> I'll go quickly, Marcus. <laughs> Sorry. Um, this this, this uh, thing with sexual immorality. So we've got the Holy Spirit now on the inside of us. Ezekiel, as it talks about it in, uh, in Hebrews, Ezekiel says it so well. It says, um, I will cleanse you from all of the impurities and from all your idols. So again, like we can't do this on our, in our own power. Um, but there are idols. There are things that we have in our own life. How does he cleanse us? It says, because I'll give you a new heart, and I'll put my spirit in you, and I'll remove from you the heart of stone, and, that heart of, and, I'll, and I'll give you a heart of flesh, and I'll put my spirit in you, and I will move you to follow my decrees and to be careful to keep my laws. That's by the spirit that he moves us. So here we go. We have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. We're called, this is, we have the, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? So this is where I just want to hit on the sexual immorality piece, because all this stuff is so amazing, what we've been given, what we get to operate in, and it's because we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. So here's, here's the part that can really hit us, um, and I'm going to just start in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 6. I'll start in 14. It says, by the power, no, I'll start in 15, uh, for you... It says, do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? So, so as you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, we become one together by the Spirit with Christ. So we are, we're one. There's a oneness, John 17, it's, it talks about the oneness we have. So, so you are no longer yourself, right? It, right after this, it says you're, you've been, you're not your own, you've been bought with a price, you actually are part of Christ. So your body is not your own. Who, how you live is not your own. So now, as you're part of Christ, this is so important to catch this. Um, it says, don't you know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? So shall I take a member of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. I'd never do this. Don't you know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh. So this is that, that place of sexual immorality. And I think there are other areas of sexual immorality, even in pornography and things that, 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 <laughs> that mess with the mind, that really, I mean, but ultimately all of these things lead to death. And, it's, and when we see the, the root behind it and how this is the enemy's attack to do what? 
to divide the body and to make what's clean unclean, to bring something in to the very holy of holies, the temple of the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit dwells, that, that the enemy would try to trick us to actually <laughs> to do something that would defile the very place where the Holy Spirit rests. Does that make sense? It, it's, it, it, so it's one of these things, and it talks about it, um, it says this is, this is a sin. This sin is like it's in the body. The other sins are kind of are outside the body, but this one is special in a sense <laughs> because it defiles the very body of Christ. It defiles like where the Holy Spirit actually dwells. Um, so when we step into that place of, of sexual immorality in, in any form, it actually defiles the very like dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. And it so grieves the Spirit. And I know, like when you, when you think about this, you go, it's the last thing we would want to do. We, we would never want to hurt the Holy Spirit. And, and Jesus, who's died for our sins, that we can actually have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us as the dwelling place, because this is God's plan. It's his heart. It says that, that we would be his people and that he would dwell with us. How does he dwell with us? By having his spirit on the inside of us. So, so I just, I, I, I love that Marcus hit on this, and I, I wasn't going to hit on it. The last part, it just says, so flee. Um, oh, so wait, verse 17 says, so he unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. So this is, so this is where we actually unite ourselves with the Lord. And then right after this, it says, so flee from sexual immor- immorality. <laughs> like, don't even come close to this. Get away from it. Uh, all other sins, here's, here's where it says it right here. All other sins a man commits are outside the body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. And this is that last part. You're not your own. You've been bought with a price. So therefore, honor God with your body. So I, I just felt like maybe for us here, for those online, like it's amazing how the enemy is so good at just luring people in. And if, if we've been in that place, if we're in that place, here's the thing. There is grace, but the grace is not so that we can stay in a mess. The grace is so that he can, like, empower us by his spirit to get out of that mess, to let the blood of Jesus come over us, to, to strengthen us, that we can walk in, <laughs> in the way that we're supposed to walk, and our bodies are cleansed by the Holy Spirit through the blood of Jesus. So, okay, you want to... Okay, so why don't we break into groups? And I, I feel... So if there's, if there's any even, here's the cool part. I feel my dad, um, you know, who, I don't know if you know my dad. He was, for some of you who are newer, you might not know him, but he was the pastor here for 29 years. He got up here on a Sunday morning um, once, and I, I love the vulnerability that he has. And uh, how he's, he's just real with people. And he got up, he, here he is, pastor of a church. And, and this is the thing, is the enemy is so good at doing at, at this type of stuff, especially with 
I don't want to say especially with men. I think he attacks women just as much, <laughs> just maybe in different ways, just a different type of lure. Um, yeah, so, but um, but he he was actually, he was counseling, and he doesn't usually do this, but he, this was years ago. He was counseling uh, with this woman, and, and this woman was going through a lot of struggles and trials, trials and stuff, and all of a sudden, like halfway into this thing, kind of started to just say, you know, oh, I just need a hug, and I just need this, and, and, and it got a little more, a little more, and, and so here he is, and he, and my dad said, like, he was starting to have these, like, thoughts about her, and, you know, as he'd meet with her, and he knew, like, okay, this is such an attack of the enemy, and um, so this was happening as he was pastoring, and, uh, and he's sitting down at lunch with another pastor and his wife, and, and, uh, Yvonne, which is his, my, my dad's wife. And so the four of them are sitting at a table and he hears the Holy Spirit say, tell him right now. <laughs> tell him what you're feeling right now and what you're going through right now. And, and this takes, like, this is when you hear the Holy Spirit, this is that listening to his voice and just obeying. Just do it. Do what he says. And and I, don't, here's the thing I will say, don't do this because you hear a story. <laughs> do what the Holy Spirit says. And I know my, my dad had said, like, he's like, he knew Yvonne could handle this. Some wives, maybe that's not the best way to do it in front of another couple. <laughs> uh, so the key is to be led by the Spirit. But he, as he was led by the Spirit in this, he just, he sat there in front of, in front of this other couple and in front of his wife, um, and he said, this is what's going on. And he just opened up, and I'm telling you, what it did is it just broke that grip and that it's like as soon as it got exposed to the light, it was defeated. He said he never had another, never had another thought, never had another like lust. There was nothing in there. It was completely broken. And that's, it's two parts. It's listening to the Holy Spirit and, and being humble to do, to just be obedient in those things. And when we are he actually breaks those things for us. We don't have to fight this stuff on our own. So I don't know. That's maybe for someone. Um, it's for me, if anything. <laughs> and we all go through this stuff. And so it's constantly allowing the Holy Spirit to minister to our heart, revealing those things in our heart. And, and the, God has the very best in store for us, wants the very best for us. Our job is just to walk in obedience to Him, to listen to Him, to walk in His ways. So... Lord, I just pray right now. I just, I thank you. Uh, I, I felt like that this needed to be released, just this, this. And so, thanks, Marcus. <laughs> you just stirred my heart there. But this, this uh, sexual immorality, this thing that sometimes we don't, we don't even want to hit on because, I don't know, it's, it's, we just kind of keep it quiet and everybody will just deal with it on their own. No, it's so much better when we can expose these things to light and allow the Holy Spirit to, to actually do the work that he does. So, Lord, I thank you for the spirit of humility that we can walk in. I, I pray that there would be no fear in our lives, that there would be no areas of mistrust in our lives, that we would walk forward uh, with a boldness in this season, and that when we do misstep, Lord, that we would run to you, that we would share this with others, that we would say, this is what I'm dealing with. It's a misstep. 
allow the Holy Spirit to realign us, that we can walk fully in alignment with His plans. So, Lord, I pray that just even those areas in our heart that, are, that have just been hardened maybe towards you, that this would be a season. Uh, this is what, uh, what Tracy was talking about, that, that hardening of our heart, that this would be the season, Lord, where these things would be revealed, we would rend our hearts before you, and that we would be able to walk fully and completely in alignment with your Spirit. Lord, that we would hear your voice clearly, and that comes with a, with a tender, humble heart. So, Lord, teach us your ways in this season. Let us abide in your presence and get to know your voice that we would walk in your ways. So, Lord, I just bless every person here. I bless everyone that's online. I thank you, Lord, that just as we spend this time right now uh, just praying together, Lord, that you would stir our hearts, uh, that we would be vulnerable with each other, that we would be real because we're brothers and sisters in Christ. This is our opportunity to come alongside each other. Lord, if there's fear, if there's any area of fear, if there's any areas of, uh, of, of maybe lust or things going on or, or just areas that are, that are those hidden areas in our life, Lord, that they would just get exposed and we would be set free. So thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that we can run to you in these times. In Jesus' name.